go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Rumination Thursday, March the 17th in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's not snowing right now, so had worship services last night, and in the sermons, I preached at four different congregations or two four congregations. I ended up talking about what you had sent me. I don't know where you mm. find these things, but it's entitled Second Grade Faces Punishment for Sharing Her Christian Faith at Washington School. Now, we had something similar to this last week, didn't we, about in Florida? Right, where in that instance, in the Florida cases, where a student brought a Bible to school and read it in his free, free moments. And this one here, she did much the same. Tell us a little bit about what had happened. Well, it happened up in the state of Washington where some officials were penalizing a a second-grade girl for sharing Jesus. She went and was sent to the principal's office no less than 10 times since, since the first of the year. And... Uh, even to the point that they were uh, searching her backpack when she came to school to take take out the Jesus tracks and the crosses so that she couldn't share them. And it was for witnessing to classmates on the playground. It wasn't even during school studies or this sort of thing. It was free time, playground, perhaps when they were eating lunch or something. And she was disciplined, in fact, as you said, sent to the principal's principal's office no less than 10 times. Now, this particular school is North Hill Elementary School. And yes, it's in Washington, the state of Washington. Uh, In fact, it's in Des Moines, Washington. And her parents are now suing the school because she has not got the ability to speak her faith to others. Yeah, I think you bring up a very important point. She did not do this during the instruction hour, but did it in the free time on a playground or free time at at a lunch hour. It wasn't as as if she was disrupting the classrooms. What I find interesting, and this, of course, Washington, a very liberal state, but the girl's mother confronted the principal of the school, particularly over the removal of the tracks from her daughter's backpack. They would meet her at the front door of the school every morning, go through her backpack, and as you said, take away these tracks. And the principal said that they had to do that because, this is really interesting, 
she was upsetting parents. Yeah, I, I uh, underline that one too, upsetting parents. What parents, were they atheists? Were they Muslims uh, of, of different, because I can't imagine any Christian being uh, objectionable to that. Yes. Uh, it doesn't give details exactly about which parents were, but you can imagine a, a parent who is not a Christian and their son or daughter comes home from school and talks about how this little girl is sharing Jesus Christ with, you know, the students and the parents are really angry. But, you know, I said this in the sermon last night. I would also be okay if this was a Muslim sharing the Quran. A child's got the right to speak what they want to believe in. And I think I said to the congregation, it would be important for the children to be speaking to a Muslim to learn what they believe. Then they can ask their parents and their pastor, maybe in confirmation or Sunday school, uh, why we aren't Muslims. And they would begin to have those reasons why we don't believe there's such a God called Allah and what the Muslims believe. Uh, concerning, but they certainly have the right to speak whatever they want in in this country with freedom of speech. I think you bring up an, uh, an excellent point. I mean, in, in American Constitution, you look at the First Amendment, the right of free speech, you know, in which we can share ideas back and forth. And from a Christian perspective, we uh, we're not against that. In fact, our Constitution finds its roots back in the Magna Carta uh, Constitution back in uh, England, and there were the princes and the nobles that were signing off on that for 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 the rights of of Christians. And behind them were the priests and, and the pastors, you know, making sure that. Uh, that these officials were signing off on it, which leads into our American Constitution and and the freedom of speech is a freedom of religion of sharing these ideas, and the fact that that this this child did it during playground time or free time is very very important for us. Yeah, I already mentioned I uh, had a, a friend who's a listener in Ohio. And he shares the message with his coworkers, but was told that he couldn't do that during work time. And I, I agree with that. If you're at an office, you got to do your work. You ought not be standing up and, and preaching uh, during the work time. But he wasn't doing that. He was talking to them uh, during lunchtime and break time and this sort of thing and got into conversations about his faith in Jesus, why he was disagreeing with uh, Supreme Court rulings, for example, on gay marriage and things like that. And so he was reprimanded, but he had the right under the First Amendment. Now, mm -hmm. they contacted the ACLJ 
And this is an organization that is defending Christians uh, and their right to use the message of Jesus Christ in sharing with others. So the ACLJ went to the principal, and the principal responded by doubling down on the decision against the second grader, insisting, quote, it is the school policy that students cannot distribute materials that cause a disruption or interfere with school activities. And then this ACLJ individual said something really good. The Christian tracks were being treated as contraband, as if speaking about Jesus were an illicit drug. I thought that was uh, was very interesting, uh, that they were against the tracks themselves. But it wasn't only that. They also, the, the ACLJ also said that they were scolding her for talking about Jesus. So it wasn't just only taking out the tracks, but when they took her to the principal's office, they scolded her for, for, for speaking about Jesus on the playground. Now, the Highline School District does have a freedom of expression policy, but it only prohibits the distribution of written materials that cause a disruption of school activities in an assembly or classroom setting and does not apply to the playground where she was doing her witnessing. And so it's going to be interesting what the court is going to say when this trial is finished. Yeah. You know, in applying this to the scriptures, what, what stories would we come up with uh, that would apply for us uh, to take a look at? Well, I, I think immediately of uh, chapter 9 in, in John about the man born blind. What oh, happens yeah. to him on the part of the Pharisees because he points to Jesus as the healer? Well, they they cast him out. Exactly. They, they get rid of him. I was thinking uh, in, in Acts of the Apostles, Acts is, is a, you know, they run into problems when they go in from city to city talking about him especially uh, Acts 4 and 5, where Peter and John are pulled before the Sanhedrin and told not to speak about this Jesus who had been resurrected. And how many times is Paul whipped uh, because of his pronouncing that Jesus is the Savior of the world? Goes on again and again. Yeah, beating stones, stonings. Yeah, he was rejected in many places. Yes. Under the law, the ACLJ said students are free to express their religious views while at school, which includes sharing Bibles, Christian tracts, and crosses. So that's what they went to court over. And we're going to have to see if the court is going to agree that the student has the right to do that. 
Or is the court going to say what she was doing was like passing out illicit drugs? <laughs> well, you know, they also talk about how school officials were went on and violated her rights and were publicly humiliating, humiliating uh, her as well. I mean, so they, they just didn't stop with saying you can't do this. They, they publicly uh, put her to shame. Yes. In, in fact, the article even compares this North Hill Elementary School case with the one we talked about last week, where a public charter school in Hialeah Gardens, Florida, told a 14-year-old student, Nicholas Ortez, to stop taking his Bible to school after he was repeatedly attacked and bullied by students and teachers alike for his faith. And... That you bring up an excellent point about that case last week. It was investigated by the Homeland Security and found out that he was not a threat, as they were claiming. They're, they could find nothing wrong with, with what he was doing. Yes, and the council said that he was experiencing something that no American should ever have to experience, and said. It's bad enough that the school has done nothing to stop the bullying, but have gone as far as joining in on targeting Mr. Ortez for simply practicing his faith. This is a blatant violation of his First Amendment rights and is another example of how extreme so many in our education system have become. And, and why this particular law group has come to his defense and also now a law group has come to the defense of the second grader who faces punishment for sharing her Christian faith at the Washington School. There's no doubt about it. It's a rise of, of, of a form of persecution that we're running across here in the United States. And it's a persecution, and I think we need to bring this one up. This was another article we, you had sent me and, and spoke about, about um, Roman Catholic bishops in Germany. What are they doing? <laughs> well, near as I can figure reading through it is that they're trying to rewrite the doctrine of the Bible. Uh, and it sounds like they're trying to bring gay marriages in, in and saying that they're okay. In fact, there's a picture, a photo of one of the bishops who's conducting a marriage between two men. And it's just yes. terrible. But it kind of shows the Pope has really lost control over the Roman Catholic Church. Right now, they appear not to be doing anything about this. Yeah, it just uh, stupefied me in terms of figuring out what, what, how they were were going. And, uh, I mean, 
you got that going on in Germany. You still have that case going on in Finland where a parliamentary person and the bishop of the Finnish Lutheran Church were taken to court for uh, talking about LGBTQ being not in sync with what God said, and they they took calling it hate speech, and uh, they still haven't come out with the, with how that trial is to be finished. Yes, they they talk about that. This these these people they're they're afraid of gay people and their lifestyle, and um, well, we're we're afraid of their lifestyle because it, where it may lead them to go after death. I think that's an excellent point to bring out is we're not against the person itself. It's, it's their lifestyle. It's the sin that they're caught in. And it's it's the same with, with, with all of us. When we go to, to worship on a Sunday morning, we make that confession of sins. I, poor miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquity with which I've ever offended It's all our sins. It's not just just only the gay rights, but it it's it takes into account all that all that we are as sinful human beings. And Jesus has died for the sins of the world, but what is needed is someone needs to receive that gift. Uh I, I use this as an example. A young man really hates his father. Maybe it's because the father won't let him stay out late or whatever. And as soon as he gets to a certain age, he leaves the house. And then his father dies and leaves him $100,000. But he can only receive the 100000 if he attends the reading of the will. But the son so hates his father that he refuses to attend the reading of the will. Now, is that $100,000 his money? Hmm. It, it, evidently not, since uh, the terms well, stipulated. Well, evidently it is. It is his money. That? Because that's the gift. But, and I'm trying to compare it to Christianity, it is your forgiveness of sins. But because of your hatred of God, you refuse to receive that gift. And therefore, you turn away a gift that is yours. Just like this young man turned away the $100,000 because of his hatred of the Father. And it shows us once more how Christianity is based on faith in the Holy Trinity and particularly in Jesus Christ who died on the cross to forgive our sins and to bring us into a right relationship with God. But if we hate God, and every unbeliever does, they, they may have their own God, like some of the Israelites had and were taken into Babylonian captivity because of that idolatry, but that isn't the true God. And a lot of people are unaware of that. Well, that, that brings us back to that, that uh, framework that 
you know, there's man's religion, God's religion. Man's religion is we make God into what we want to do and how we please him and the works that we we do that that count for us to go to heaven. And God's religion is through Jesus Christ, where God has loved the world so much that he gave us that gift of, of forgiveness of sins through Jesus, who has died on the cross for us. You're making the distinction between what we refer to as natural knowledge of God versus revealed knowledge. The revealed knowledge that we find in the Bible is always in contradiction to our natural knowledge of God because natural knowledge assumes that in this life we get ahead by what we do. We go from grade to grade. We are able to buy nice cars or houses because of our work. We may also decide who to and are able to marry them because of the way we behave. And, and so it just assumes that that's how it works with God. But our behavior has nothing to do with whether or not we go to heaven or hell because one of the criteria for going to heaven is that you have to be and acknowledge yourself to be a sinner who sins by thought, word, and deed and really deserves nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. But God takes care of that problem that's called the curse of the law by dying on the cross, removing that punishment from us so that those who have faith in Jesus Christ, which means believing the promises of the gospel, are not only forgiven their sins, but heaven becomes their home, even though they're still sinners uh, here on earth. And as you know, as I mentioned before, we make that confession in our liturgy of all our sins, and then the pastor says, I, in, in, by the authority and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, forgive you all your sins, that it is Jesus that forgives our sins on that Sunday morning. Yeah, it's a reading we had recently where Jesus talks to the disciples after the resurrection and says, whosoever sins you forgive, they're forgiven. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. Well, how can a human being retain someone's sins? What does that mean? How does well, that, that come mean, about? Well, if you're retaining sins, it's, it's of a person who who chooses not to, to repent of their sins. Yes. And uh, heaven is closed until there there is a repentance going on. Yeah, that's what we call the office of the keys. Keys, yeah. And so there's a way in which a key opens a door. That means opens the door to heaven. And there's a way in which it's locked. And it's locked to those who refuse to believe in Jesus as their Savior because they think their works are good enough or not as bad as other people. And uh, one other subject, and we may be dealing with this in the coming weeks, it was a, a survey that you were able to send me how people regard Christians who are not themselves Christians. 
and it's really a negative report. Uh, I was surprised to see how little they consider Christians to be living a Christian life. We're going to need to explain that, but not today, maybe in the, the next one. Today, we yeah. just want to warn parents what school teachers are saying to their children. I mean, there are a lot of teachers who teach science in public school and who believe in evolution. And that, of course, is total idolatry because it takes God out of the picture and presents their own views, which aren't even scientific properly, but they pretend, therefore, that we came from monkeys or even lower things over millions of years. And that, of course, is really a terrible teaching that's being taught in public schools these days. Well, God bless the parents that are taking the time to to stand up for their kids and in their witnessing. I think that's been one of the blessings of, of the whole COVID situation that that when kids had to stay home, parents started finding out more and more what was going on and taking a stand on some of the things that are being taught in our schools. Yes, I mentioned in the sermon in Illinois, they've passed a law where immorality needs to be taught by public school teachers. I mean, what what are they doing teaching immorality? That's not part of the three R's to teach reading, writing, arithmetic, but they're doing that because liberals have taken over the government and they want to make sure that the children realize abortion is okay, homosexuality is okay, and parents need to really stand up against this and put in individuals who would be uh, living according to God's will and teaching what that has to say. All right, thanks so very much again for a great article, Wes. Uh, we pray for this Washington School second grader that she's going to be able to continue to witness. And it kind of shows how in this country things are happening against Christianity. Thanks so much. All right, I'm Tom Baker. That's Wes Reimnitz. Tomorrow will be. Open Mic Friday. God bless Listen to you. Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.